From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again, back again. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Power Move. I am John Gafford. I am your host. With me to my left is Colt El Scorcho, Emma Dan. What's up, El Scorcho? Like that one. Not much. Not hey, much. How's everybody doing? Scorcho. El Scorcho. I thought El Scorcho was strong today, right? I actually like that. I know. I thought, another I thought, one. I thought it was good. Some and of I'm, these I want to get tattooed on my back. I think so good. Dude, back tattoo, I think, is what Power Move episode that's a power. Power. Yeah. 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 Colt gets a back tattoo, I think, is going to yeah. be good. And with this is always is the counselor chris connell chris how are you living the dream Jim. and in studio today special guest tony siaglia tony man guys i'm telling you right now we've talked about some wild shit on this show we've talked about some amazing stuff on this show but today we're going to talk about wild and amazing and it's a great story of adversity and overcoming uh it's just it's an amazing story to me uh that i I can't wait to get to but you're gonna have to wait a second so hang on a second i mean this is going to be filled with i mean overcoming adversity it's a suspense i mean i'm talking about I mean, we're going to help the FBI catch some serial killers today is what's going to happen because that, that's legit. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy. And, and that sounds like a joke. It ain't. That's kind of what the show is about today, which we're very excited about. So very, don't look at me. Very, Welcome. I don't like no, the way I'm you not, looked at me. No, what, no. I mean, when you said we're well, going to help potentially, yeah. catch well, let, well, let's face it. After last week's psychological test, I think if anybody here is a serial killer, we know where Colt ranks on the uh, list. No. I mean, I'm not out of everybody. I'm number three on the I, list? I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I know. No, I, I don't. I yeah. mean, God, guys, I think I'm the one you want to leave your kids I know. with. I know. I, if you ever. want them serial killed. If you want them serial killed. No, as, as I sit here and I look at the monitor, I got to tell you, <laughs> man, fabulous. I'm looking tan today. I'm looking look tan. tan. Yeah, tan. I woke up Saturday and my wife was like, Okay, you're, you're you're clear. You're literally clear today. You're, you got to do something vampire. about it. So I went and got my $480 spray tan, and that seems like a lot for a spray tan, but let me explain to you what happens. I pay them $39 a month, and I go like once a year. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> um, and so, but when they go, they get you with like the best sales pitch ever, which is like, well, you know, if you cancel, you're never going to get this rate again. And the, and the incredible cheapness that is just buried deep inside of me is like, well, I can't let the rate go. I mean, it's just too good of a deal. I'm grandfathered. No, no, but if my face looks really tan, it's because I got rossed at the tanning booth. If you know what that means, uh, back in the day, the show friends. So I get the tanning booth, right? I do the thing. I'm doing the spray tan. I'm not, I'm not going to nuke myself in the cooker. It's, it's killing you oh, otherwise, but I get in the can't. spray tan, right? And I push the button, do what you're supposed to do. And it just goes, just sprays my face. That's <laughs> it? goes, bing. And I look at it, it says face tanning session over. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I want more. My body. I mean, I, I didn't pay $480 just to get the face done. I mean, no, I need the whole thing done. So is it 240 tan? Yeah, it's 240. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you look very I, exactly. I thought somebody actually sprayed. No, you, know? you stand there and the machine oh, does you it. You hold your arms up and. Right. Really? So, yeah. then, so then I'm like, I go out there. I'm like, I call up there. I literally call him from the cell phone. And I'm like, something's wrong with the stupid machine, right? You got to fix She's like, oh, yeah, it's broken. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do I do? Because I'm standing here with a, I'm just a spray. But she's like, no, we're going to put you in the machine next door. Then I'm like, all right, 
So now I've already been sprayed on my face. I have no idea what got sprayed on my face at this point. Could have been anything. I mean, Colt knows what I'm talking about. But no, but it's a weekend out for Colt. But no, but it it could have been anything, and I didn't know. So I'm like, I'm just gonna have to try to block my face. No, the next one I do the full body. Yeah, it didn't work out. I got sprayed twice. I come home. My wife was like, "Your face is very tan, glowing." I'm like, "Yeah." So I got Ross. You look great. I did good. I did. I think you look good. I did. But I do want to mention this. I don't know if I told you this, Counselor. Colt said the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life this weekend. Maybe I just think it's funny, but maybe it was. Colt and I were at the I'm hockey ready. game on Saturday. Colt, did I tell you this? No, but I'm ready right. for it. Colt and I were at the <laughs> hockey game. Colt and I were at the hockey game on Saturday. We're watching hockey. And this, we weren't talking about anything about this. You know There's why? No, there was somebody no precursor came on the, to this. Yeah, somebody came on the Jumbotron. <laughs> and what did you say? What it's did you not, say? Not, I mean. Can I say what you said? Yeah, Colt goes like the Skulkos. I mean. What are these? I mean, it just pisses me off so bad with these people with gaps between their teeth. Don't get them fixed. He goes, I mean, I got a gap between my teeth. I ain't getting it fixed, but what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> I mean, right? I don't know. I mean, dead, yeah, dead serious. I, <laughs> just angry at these people. You ever have something like that that makes you mad that you're that like, you yeah. don't do yourself? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm self aware. No. <laughs> but if I got my gap fixed, I'd look weird without you a gap. Be you. Every, everybody no. knows me as a gap. So, like, when Why I see people. Why don't you think the guy in the Jumbotron would feel because like his personality people, was being. I just, no, trounced sorry. Upon. So, no. that's like I, your I'm signature. Going. Yeah, it's yes. my signature. Yeah. Fat, signature. Fat people but make some, fun of fat people. Some guy, yeah, like, yeah. some guy, random guy at the hockey game, it's not his signature. <laughs> he probably works you don't, IT or you something. Don't know he doesn't see people. His nickname could be El Gapo. You don't know that. That's Let's just El all Scorcho. take a moment to think that El Scorcho is not running the metaverse yet. <laughs> that's, true. that's exactly right. Yet. The metaverse yeah. would be amazing if I ran it. Dude, just throwing that the, out here. King so, of the metaverse. <laughs> that's a I think solid. a world would be a lot better if you had people like me running it. <laughs> I, you know what? Okay, Chris, at this point, Chris doesn't know what to say after that. He was about to say something. At this point, can it be any worse? I, I, you know, I saw an article. I know this has been talked about to death, but I got to bring this up because I thought this was batshit crazy today. There was an article today in the New York Times written by a professor of sexual studies at Purdue University. And the title of this article was, We Should Be Celebrating This Swimmer. The swimmer, you know I'm talking about. Like we did Jackie Robinson. Chris, I get canceled. Go ahead. So, <laughs> no, no, no. But it's not about being canceled. Because here's no. the thing: there, there is a point where things, the eye test has to matter, right? Yeah. In life, right? And so, what, what this is going to do? All pendulum shift, right? i I'm genuinely fearful that these are the kinds of stories that are going to hurt people that are going through transitions and changes in their gender whatever because these stories are the one that are going to take away from sort of positive yeah it's like if you're a police officer watching you know the rodney king you're going this is not good for like i'm not obviously equating them because they're clearly different but i'm saying at some point you look at something you go this isn't going to be ultimately good for the movement for for people that just want you know general equality genuine equality of of opportunities and whatever when you see something like that um, the person she presents like a very large man. That's how she presents, right? Because she's hasn't uh, gone through reassignment surgery that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. She had to suppress for hormones for a year, right? And so you go online, and, and here is my problem: is that you know we've talked about this. You know, I'm I'm the commie of this group. You is, are, which is hilarious to me that I'm the left winger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, in any world where I'm the crazy left winger, yeah. it's very pretty far right. But at the end of the day, you when you we, far right? no, no. But no. I'm saying if I'm ever considered okay. a left winger, okay. no. like straight like yeah. left. But you go on the talking point that yeah. people are people are coming up with their own science now behind it and trying to justify it. So they're trying to square peg around hole, and you look at them. The the studies about well, bone density actually goes down when you're on suppressive oh estrogen therapy. Well, this does this, this does that, and I go, well, look. You can say whatever you want, but the eye test will never be matched because you're never going to see women transition to male and competing against men ever. It won't happen. Yeah. It's never happened. There I may be some skills. It may happen in billiards. It may happen in something where there's no physicality billiards. issues. That was I, I well mean, put. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like maybe in something where physicality. But the reason these sports were bifurcated into men and women's is to allow for, for individuals Fair. of that group succeed in that area right well that was my point which is if you're going to go this why even have male and women let's just have the nba and if women can make it god bless but because it because it it's not women. fair but it hurts it, women exactly no that's my point right. because it doesn't make any sense yeah. to do it that and way. i'm called a turf for that opinion yeah a trans exclusionary radical feminist and i look at it i go we haven't gotten to a place. Okay, who, you okay, real quick, up? who's calling you that? Well, no, no, that's, that's that, what you're called. That is. Okay, I'm sorry. When you said I'm being you? called that, I'm like, is that, are, are they protesting yeah, me now? The, 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 the response from the left, and I'm going to call it the left because it's not okay. liberals. It's from the left is that if you don't say that a transitioning male to female is a woman for all intents and purposes, then you are a bigot. Yeah. You're a turf. And I go, that individual didn't grow up with boys chasing her and slapping her ass when she was a kid she couldn't defend herself mm. that boy i have two daughters i'm telling you women do not have the same issues growing up and developing or whatever so we haven't done a good enough job protecting biological women yet i, I don't know why the bandwagon needs to shift to protecting biological males transitioning to females unless they're being objectively discriminated against and i don't see that happening get the minister of health who is an objectively you know male to female transitioned individual so we, we need to move things appropriately, but not past the eye test. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that comparing that to what Jackie Robinson dealt it's with really was obnoxious. obnoxious on a level that is insane. Little different. Well, maximum. And I hate to say it, but, well, no, I'm not even going to say it because it was ridiculous. But, but the, to compare those two things was so apples and oranges. It was just, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. couldn't even believe it. It was, I, it was nuts. There, there's a lot of those issues, and, and again, I'm not speaking on behalf of any culture, community, or whatever, but I would I would presume, and I hate to presume things, but I would presume that uh, any of my black or African-American friends would, would not see those as equivalent at all. No. Because they're from, a, you know, a disadvantaged, well, underrepresented group of people. Well, case in point. Right. Hang on, case in point, did you see the acceptance speech for the director that directed the, uh, the uh, Venus and Serena Williams movie? Did you see that? No. She made the comment, basically, um, in her accept she got roasted for it, but she made the comment during acceptance speech for Golden Globe for Best Director, where essentially she was saying that, you know, you guys, you worked hard, but you never had to compete against the guys like I do. <laughs> it's like, um, wow. uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're going to belittle two, uh, you know, African-American women from Compton coming up through a very white world of professional tennis. And you're going to yeah. compare that to, cause you got to compete yeah. with male directors. Like, what are you like? It made no sense in it. Yeah. It landed really short. And I think people are just always looking to compare their situation or their victory to someone else's. And I think that's, you don't need it. I think you that's true to. To, to the point. That's almost a sign of the times when you have too much excess. I was watching a vice documentary, um, about Haiti. 
mm-hmm. and uh, just sort of what's gone on since the the killing of not only the president but just um, interventionism. These individuals just want peace and freedom and you know security, right. all mm-hmm. of which they don't have. They're burying their children at very young ages, and you look at you know certain places and you go, zero people there are debating these issues. It yeah, means they, they could care less. It, it, yeah. It's it's a good thing to say that you're a prosperous society and that you have. Do, do you think anybody in Ukraine gives gives a rat's ass about any of this no, right now? No, absolutely no. not. And, they just and, want to be alive. They don't want their house to get blown up. Yeah, it's and, amazing and, how simple. It's amazing how simple issues can be when abundance is removed from the equation. Right. How 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 sometimes maybe we've lost certain clarity of issue. And I, I welcome the debate. I think that as long as the debate is alive and healthy, that it's good. Because maybe I haven't considered some positions. The problem is when people want to shut down debate. Well, echo chambers, we've always talked yeah, about. Yeah, and it's just, does. it's straight to bigotry. If you're saying, I don't understand how you see these equivalent. That's and they're like, well, that's because you're a bigot. Bigot, yeah, right? Like, well, that's because you're yeah. lazy. Because yeah. you're that's so worse. lazy. If that's let me put, Let me put you in this box that I've let designed box, yeah. to make my opinion yeah. correct. Let that, me my that. other friends will call me a hero. Powerless yeah. friends. Nobody yeah. ever does anything. <laughs> yeah. But within my own echo chamber, you know, my own echo chamber, I'm a hero for. You know, for piling on on people that maybe had legitimate questions. Well, and, you know what? You know, look, we, look I, let's talk about some real overcoming adversity. Let's talk about some real stuff. I mean, I, you know, I'm excited I, for this. Yeah, That's I'm, why I'm I, didn't, that I, I didn't hijack the show. Yeah, he didn't hijack it all. He wants to get right I to Tony. To, so I want to listen. So guys, Tony's I, story. I'm going awesome. to give Tony a little bit of an intro, and then I want to hear from him what his story is because it's amazing. Now, first of all, Tony is the brother of one of my dearest friends. Um, your, your brother is somebody that I, I love dearly. I'm happy to call him a friend, and any uh, extension of him and his family is always welcome with me. So thanks, John. Uh, but you know, you so so. Let's start at the very beginning. So talk about talk about you know you you were a normal guy growing up. You you I were was. you just had a normal childhood growing up. Played sports, did all that stuff, good in school, all of those things, mm. right? Yes. I mean, just n- nothing extraordinarily strange or interesting about your childhood. I was really big in theater, and I was a jock. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, go on. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you can cut me off all you like. And then, and then, and then, at a certain age, something happened to you that changed the trajectory of your life. What was yes. that? Well, on July 23rd, 1992, mm-hmm. I um, was at a summer camp, mm-hmm. and there was a group of us in the lake, about chest high, and um, little did I know, my entire life. Was going to change. Was going to change in a major way. Mm-hmm. A boy came in on a jet ski going 45 miles an hour. And I don't remember any of this. This has all been. Yeah, told to you. Told to me. Um, and he turned and just sideswiped me in the back of the head right here. And you, and you, so you went from literally one minute, one minute around playing in the lake, doing my thing with my friends. Yes. And then you woke up in the hospital. Yes, right? and this was in between ninth and tenth grade. How long? Um, how long were you out from the time you got hit to the time you can remember coming back to in the hospital? I was, was it days, weeks. Was a uh, thirty-six day coma. Thirty-six day coma. You're mm-hmm. out, and I died three times on the Care Flight helicopter that came to get me. And can I tell you about my out of body experience? Everything. Yeah, yeah of course. We got time. Floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, we want to hear. <laughs> we're here to hear yeah, your yeah, story, yeah. Tony. You, you tell your story. I um. I died, and when I died, my, I left my body, mm-hmm. and I went up towards, and everybody's heard about this white light in the sky. Well, it was there, and it was real, and 
I was, I was going towards it, and I could look down, and I could see myself, and all of the, the medics working and the on doctors, the yeah, yeah, trying to get me back, and I got to this white light, guys, and it exploded. Okay, and it went forever that way, and forever that way, mm-hmm. and I was in the middle, and I was just floating through it and i remember feeling warm i i remember feeling no pain Mm -hmm. there was no blood but i felt like i had been there before okay right and so you were you were at peace at this way very calming oh yes i was at peace and i drifted through this tunnel and i looked to my left and i saw my family around the kitchen table and they were eating spaghetti. So it wasn't just you you saw, you saw your family. I saw my family. Okay. And I kept going and I looked to the right and I saw myself playing on the 10th grade basketball team um, with all my friends and I kept going Mm -hmm. and then I stopped. And before me was this wall. It was a huge wall and it was so beautiful and it was so powerful and it was like pure energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And out stepped Jesus Christ. He stepped out and Jesus looked just like you guys think he looks from pictures. Mm-hmm. He had a beard. He was tan. He didn't get a spray tan. Yeah. It wasn't as tan as me. Not as tan as me today. No. <laughs> But he was tan and he had, he had long wavy hair Mm -hmm. and he was in a robe Mm -hmm. and he came before me and he got right up close to me Mm -hmm. and he said, Anthony Siaglia, have no fear. You are with your father in heaven. And he said, I'm going to give you a choice though. I'm going to tell you, or I'm going to give you a choice. If you would, um, like to, Uh, go back to your family and he said but if you choose to go back he goes I will take away from you everything and he put his arms out everything that I um, I everything that my children take for granted Mm -hmm. every day but if you choose to stay with me you will live for eternity and one day you will meet up with your loved ones again, but it's not their time. Mm-hmm. And then he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, because I told him I want to go back because mm-hmm. I can't imagine my family without you, without me mm-hmm. and, and having the, the surgeon tell them, yeah. you know, sorry, Anthony is not going to make it going to yeah. make it. And, and he said, but I want you to love, love, and when you think you've loved too much, continue to love all of my children, mm. and and that was it. That was the out of body experience. And then and then you and then you went from there, and you kind of right back to where you were. You just uh, blinked back to where you were. Uh, I I woke up then Got in, it. in um, the in the intensive care 
So not the intensive care because I had gotten moved to the thirty six days unit. later though the coma thirty six days later so, yes now now when you woke when you first when you woke up when you mm -hmm. first came out of the coma did you did you feel were you immediately like something's not I mean obviously I've been hurt uh -huh. I've been there but could, could you feel did you notice something was different the memory is kind of kind of a little hazy. Word? Hazy, yes, mm -hmm. but I do remember parts of it. I remember the rehab. I was in rehab for seven months, relearning how to walk, talk, read, spell, swallow, eat, and I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. So I had lost everything. everything. Mm -hmm. um, and But did you? I, I remember. Could could you could you tell? At what point did you realize mm -hmm. that? I mean, of course, all your motor function was on all those things. Yes. But because I know that you suffered a little bit of a personality difference from when before to now. Oh my God! So at what point did you no, did you notice that? Is that something you knew was happening, or, or what happened? I know you know now. So my entire personality changed, mm -hmm. like a hundred percent. I tried to go back to school, and. Guys, it wasn't the rehab that was the hard part. Mm -hmm. It was how my friends treated me. I went from a very popular, whatever the hell that means. Right. Yeah, you <laughs> whatever know? it means. At that so, age, yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was teased. I was, this is hard to say, but I was spit on. Mm -hmm. um, they treated me like I had leprosy. Yeah. And... And that was the hardest part. I I had to drop out of school after six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents they pulled me out. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. I mean, if you're a tough, age, yeah, if you're that's a tough, tough I mean, age. that's so frustrating as yeah. a parent too. It, right? It's tough, yeah, because you got hormones going on yeah. at that age. Yep. Yeah, and um, this is this is ninety two. That's a good. Do you think? I mean, like, look. I don't think that would happen today. Is you, that, that's my question. Do you think yeah. that would still be happening? There's today? been a lot. So, like there's I said, a lot of advancements. Advancements, but there's a lot more progress now. I think people yeah. are a lot more accommodating uh -huh. for differences now. Thirty years later. Yeah, I think I agree with that. There, there's a I, lot. I agree too. Th I thank God. Thank God. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. good part yeah. of progress. I mean, you, know? you, you. I mean, I. You know, you hear this, and as a parent, you know, your heart goes out to you for that. Uh huh. But you also think Jesus. You know. Thank God, you know, could, are my kids capable of that? Right. Of, of, oh, of, yeah, of, being the, of being the bad side of that, are they yeah. capable? And you, and my, you hope I not. know that that's, yeah. I, well, the thing is, I don't think any parent, that their kids end up doing shit like that. I don't think any parent thinks their kids are capable of that. Yeah, when you parents. tell them that they are and they defend them, that's when you know that that's why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my true. little Billy wouldn't do that. It's like, if, if somebody yeah. came up to my house and said, your daughter has been picking It'd on my daughter, ass. I'd be like, one minute. Well, that happened. You know, no, Come no, here. No, 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 that, that, that's happened before. I found out that my son was giving the little Bren, who's the next door neighbor boy, uh -huh. who was like five years younger. My son was giving him a hard time at one point, and they called me. I wanted to murder oh, my yeah. son. Don't I made my I made him out. I made him go next door and apologize not just to the boy but to his parents. Mm -hmm. And we've never had a problem since. And this was years ago, so it wasn't. I mean, kids kids yeah. are assholes until you correct them. Right. Yeah, you got to get your day. You have to have a good get your thumb on. Mm -hmm. Got to yeah. get thumb. So they pulled you out of school. They pulled me out of school. And my adolescence really, really were horrible. Yeah. Um, because one thing I deal with now, even to this day, mm -hmm. is severe depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's due to the brain damage. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I mean, there's days when I wake up and I wish God would just come back and give me that choice that again option, yeah. to go with him or come back. And when I told my parents that, it broke their heart. Yeah. Right. But see, I think, I, think, I think for me, and, yes. and people don't know the rest of the story, and we're going to get to the rest of the story. Yes. But how many families have you blessed since then because of, because of what you did? And we're going to get to what you did in a minute. But I think every time, you know, if I'm giving you any advice, which, mm. I mean, that's part of what we do as we sit here and give people advice. If I'm giving you any advice on that is, on those days, man, I, this is for anybody. On days when you feel like you're not making an impact or you, you don't want to get out of bed or you're not feeling good about you, uh-huh. always turn your focus to, to the impact you're making on others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always tell people the definition of success for me is not so much what you achieve going forward, but it's reaching back to pull others forward. And I know for a fact, right. and we're going to get into that story in just a minute, you have changed people's lives. You have made it better. You have healed families because of what you've done. How long we're going to get to that? How long was your motor skills off? Because I mean, your your arm. You said you right hand paralyzed and stuff. Yes. I mean, your speech, everything's great. So, how long did that take to get back? Do you remember? Was I, it a couple I years? Swear, in rehab. I do remember. Mm-hmm. It was like the nurses and stuff. They they would always tell me, you know, you're always like two steps ahead of mm-hmm. where you should be. That's awesome. And God. I want to say I was blessed, and a lot of it was because I was really young. I was 15 yeah. at that time, so the recovery rate was better. Mm-hmm. And um, still have neuroelasticity, yeah. Well, mm. well here's you, you know what this is almost like, dude. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to trivialize, trivialize your story, uh-huh. dude. This is like your superhero origin story, because all yeah. of this created what is known now as the serial killer whisper which is what you're known as. Am I right or wrong by that? That is what I'm known as. You're known as the serial killer whisperer. And right now, if you're in your car doing this, I hope you just said, what the fuck did he just say? say? Because yeah, because we're going to get into that now. So along with this, Uh you started feeling, you know, was was it compulsion? Was it certain things that you were feeling you were trying to get a handle on and trying to understand what started this? The way the story goes and the way it happened was, um, I mean, I, I went to therapy, like psychologists, mm-hmm. for probably 17 years, like twice a week mm-hmm. after my accident and everything. And, and my, my, um, my psychologist told me, you know, Tony, you really need a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. really need a hobby. And... That's true for everyone, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody needs, everybody a, needs hobby. a hobby. Everybody, go if you don't have one, go figure First, one out. You know, you know what Colt's hobby is? It's ruining every text group he's in. That's his hobby <laughs> with, the, with the Android you phone. He just ruins Android. literally. I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, Tony, do you, Tony, you have a phone, right? An iPhone. You have an iPhone, right? I do. Tony's so we could all be texting right here? Right, and would Colt would ruin it. Ruining it big with the green bubble. Be ruining it. <laughs> sorry. Right. So sorry to interrupt you. So uh, no. he, says you need, he says you need a hobby. Go ahead. I need a hobby. And I said, well, you know, I'll take that home, that idea, mm-hmm. and kick it around and see what I come up with. And my dad, when he was younger, wanted to be a criminologist. So he had lots of books around the house. Mm-hmm. Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, just lots of infamous, notorious serial killers and yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I looked at those books, and I was thinking, hey, I'm a good writer. I'm, why don't I reach out to these people? Not Ted Bunny, he was already dead, but to serial killers. So 
what I did is I went back and I told my doctor that. And trust me, he was not <laughs> supportive. I was, just like, I was thinking golf. Serial killer uh, pen pals. Not what I was thinking. And exactly the words out of his mouth were, Tony, you're born with a clear lake of water. And as if you do this, you're going to throw lots of shit into that water. <laughs> no kidding. Uh-huh. And, dark, dark in the pool. Oh, my God. No. But oh, I didn't listen to him. okay with that? Uh, they, were. they were. They were actually interested to see what kind of response I would get. So I started out. Well, I hang, wrote, hang on. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to hear about, you know, We've heard the backstory now. We got the origin done. <laughs> the origin. Now we're going to move into the hero's journey, where we actually start moving through this process to become the superhero you are, which is the serial killer whisperer. We're going to be back in just a second. Stay Thank with you. us. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back for part two of today's Power Mover, we talk about overcoming adversity to help others. Uh, today, we have an interview with the serial killer whisperer, Tony Siaglia. Uh, of course, with me as always, I'm John Gafford, Colt El Scorcho. El Scorcho. El Scorcho, your group text. <laughs> yeah. I will El Scorcho, your group text with my green bubble. And the counselor, Chris Connell. And sitting in today, if you didn't hear that, Tony Siagle, if you didn't hear the first part of this, it was kind of the superhero origin story. Uh, go back and watch that. Yeah. This is also the portion of the show when I make my cheap pander. So if you're watching us on YouTube, Take that hot second, give us a subscribe, give us a like on the video, give us a comment, whatever it is. And if you're listening to us wherever you are, uh, through whatever podcast listener you are, give us a five-star review. It takes two seconds and it does help the cause. So we were just talking about, we're picking this back up a second ago. We we're talking about your, so after your brain injury, your doctor said you needed to pick up a hobby and you know, you thought backgammon would be a little too much so you decided to become pen pals with serial killers is what it is so how do you sit down okay so you've decided to do this now you I haven't did. started so how do you decide who's the first person you're gonna tell, walk me through the process of writing the first letter well john what i did was i got on the internet and i got all these names and all these addresses and everything and I wrote like a base letter, okay. like a mass mailing. Got it. Okay. And I figured I've lived a very interesting life so far. Mm -hmm. And I, and I really think that, you know, these people, they're lonely, you know, death row, wherever they may be, Yeah. you know, they, maybe they would like to share their life with me. Mm -hmm. And what was the, what was the context of the base letter? What was in it? The base letter was basically about my injury and and it was a, about the out-of-body experience and about how I was treated and about how society treated me and really, at first, wasn't willing to accept mm -hmm. a brain-injured survivor because I did have 
problems. Mm-hmm. See, that's yeah. real. That's really interesting because it's authentic. Well, no, no, no. It's not that it's authentic. It's you wonder how many of them are responding back because they sympathized with being ostracized by society. Yeah, yeah. And how many might have responded based on the fact that you had an out of spirit, an out of body experience with yeah. God, and that uh-huh. they're 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 on the fast track to meet him. So maybe they wanted to do that. So it's 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 interesting. Trauma, trauma does unite people. Yeah, you'll see that like a lot of groups, a lot of therapy, like mm-hmm. people that have experienced traumas. Mm often relate to one another, right? Because I used to speak at uh, brain-injured survivor groups. Sure, because yes. who, who else is going to understand you better than someone else who's kind of gone through that. your traumas? Yep. It, that's in general, mm-hmm. right? So how many, le- how many letters did you send out? I sent out, I'm glad you asked that question. I sent out 40 letters to 40 different people, and I'll be damned. My psychologist was not thinking I was going to get much of a response. How many did you get? But I did. I got 36 letters uh, back. 30. Pretty good conversion rate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we need to let Tony write our so, sales yeah, letters. Tony, I'm gonna, yeah, what are you doing? So, 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 this, so this, this letter mm-hmm. turned the hobby into a full-time gig. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. So, okay, so, so your first... Okay, so did, did you start this with an intention? Did you have an intention of where it was going to go, or did you just want to see where it was going to go? What was your what was I, the early intention of doing this? I was the early intention was a hobby, you know, be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Throw it against just the to wall. see just see to see if sticks. you could get him to respond. Just what he said. What was it? Throw it against the wall. Just see what happens. See what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who, who all was of, all of life's was, interesting things start that my way. My first first who was the one you were excited about? Well, the first person who wrote me back was Arthur Shawcross. Arthur John Shawcross. He was a serial killer in um Rochester, New York. Um and he was kind of a big name. He he murdered thirteen prostitutes, but first he murdered two children and he got out. He slipped through the loopholes of the law in prison. He did, I can't remember how much time, but he got out. And six months later, he started murdering prostitutes. And um, I believe he killed 13, and they caught him then. Android user? I'm guessing he had an an Android, right? He had an, yeah, he did, he did. Android user. Now this guy Tony's though is going to write me a letter later. <laughs> the views of John Gafford do not reflect the. <laughs> no, when it comes, to, when it comes to Android, they absolutely Samsung. do reflect. We, your we sympathize more with the thirteen women he killed yeah, than Colt and his Android. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> this guy though, we went and visited him. Um, you, your family, uh, my dad, my brother, and me, and I, I've I've visited lots of prisons over the years. I've been doing this for fifteen years. Yeah. We'll get into that though. Yeah, yeah. And I just, the, um, he was very grandfatherly like. He was very kind, very friendly. But if you were on his wrong side. Yeah. 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 And can, can I share this really quick? Anything you want. Yeah. Okay. This, this is, is about show. him. Okay. He's sitting about two feet in front of me at a table here. My dad, me, my brother. And then he starts talking about the murders okay and i i don't think i can talk you about don't. yeah no, i can't can, anything, you can you anything. Okay. anything you want okay open for him yeah well t- two of the girls he murdered 
and he he took his knife he cut their vagina out and his eyes were just going up and down like this and he was sweating you guys this guy was sweating drops were falling down his nose onto his lip and he took his fake teeth out and he threw them down on the table and he goes i ate it i ate the whole thing from the inside out and then there was a silence and you know what he said then i went to my favorite dunkin donuts and i got a cup of black coffee to rinse it down with now that at what okay all right hang on a second at what point at what point now does your dad go Maybe we should have taken a backgammon. <laughs> the backgammon. Yeah. Maybe this is not what we need to be doing right now. Maybe. Because they, they had to have had that conversation with you. They had to have. They, they, really, they really didn't. There wasn't they, a general no, no, concern. They for monitored this. my correspondence. Okay. Like with what these people said, mm -hmm. what I was saying to these people. Because they're master manipulators in there yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oftentimes, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And um, gosh, before I kind of got off on that tangent about Arthur Shawcross, mm -hmm. do you know what I was talking about, you guys? No, we said how many responses you well, got. No, I, I was saying six responses. Who, who, yeah. were, who were like the top ones you were excited about? Oh, uh, I was really excited about, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, Kenneth Bianchi and Angelo Bono. They were the Hillside Stranglers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they responded, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Gary Leon Ridgeway. Oh wow. Yeah, he's the the Green, uh, Green, the Green River. River Killer. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was two guys, two killing cousins, in uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Fred Waterfield, who's still alive, and his cousin David Gore, and. Oh. So. It, it, Go on. You, it, no, what, you can say. Anything. Well, no, no. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say. Uh -huh. it, it, but, but at some point, you know, th these these relationships you had with these guys, it goes from more of a here's a quick pen pal back to a to to creating a genuine kind of friendship with yes. them that leads to some very positive results. So yes. So what? Where was the first? Where was the first inkling that that might happen? I. I just started to feel like, like for instance, there's this one um, serial killer named Harvey Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. He's written me 50 page letters, you guys. I mean, these people, they wouldn't just like, they would share their entire life with me, like their childhood, what made them into what they become, mm -hmm. you know, and why they decided to walk that road. And, and I really felt that my, it's hard to be friends with a sociopath. You yeah. can't yeah. really be. That's yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I've believe me, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> can't date them either. Yeah. Can't text in groups. Did either. you say no, you can't, can't date them either? No, you can't date them either. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, you can't date them either. Lord uh, knows. Lord knows. Everybody's yeah, tried. But tried. Uh -huh. Was there a common theme you saw between people and how they grew up? Oh, yes, exactly. Um, like, could you write out a list of the top five things that they all kind of probably had similar? Like, I don't common. believe you're born evil. No, I don't. I don't. I don't 
I believe, and with my research and getting to know all of these people, um, oh, I have hundreds of hours of uh, telephone conversations with them as well. Mm. And guys, these people were all made. Yeah. yeah. Neglect I mean, and trauma. And- yeah, horrible. Raped, yep. pimped out by their moms, their dads. I mean, things that you can't even believe kind of formed them into psychopaths, into sociopaths. Absolutely. That's nuts. So, mm-hmm. it, so at what point, okay, okay so we're, we're communicating with all these people in the story. Yes. That's what we're doing. We, we've created a relationship with them to where they feel safe enough to tell you their entire life story. Mm-hmm. So at what point do you get the first piece of information that you're like, I should probably call somebody about this? They started to share with me uh, my, uh, murders, crimes that they committed that the law doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were writing this stuff down. They were giving me directions to where their treasure chests are. And Common theme, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And no bodies, just like where they hid identifications, necklaces, mm-hmm. necklaces of all these victims and stuff. And, you know, as I continued, my dad said, you know, they could write in hell of a book about your life story, Tony. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they did. Yeah. I, we found an author and, um, well, I, I'm more, I'm more concerned about when you started like helping the FBI with some of this stuff. That is right now is going on. Right now is going on. Exactly. I'm helping uh, two detectives in Vero Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. um, find a suitcase of scalps that the serial killer, that was his fetish, hair. So he would kill his victims and he would scalp these ladies. And there's like a hundred or so Polaroid pictures in this briefcase. And he gave me the spot where it's at. And I have two detectives who heard, I have a podcast, by the yeah, way. Yeah. We're going to promote it. Yeah, we're going to help you. Okay. <laughs> we're going yeah. to push it. Yeah. But the, these detectives, they heard my podcast mm-hmm. and they contacted me and they flew out to Las Vegas and they, um, they've got, they got all the directions from me and that's going on right now to help them out uh-huh which that's what makes you the serial killer whisper yes and they- th- there's also a um a case where uh oh gosh brain fart i'm forgetting the uh the name of the child oh it's, it's okay what, what's the, what's the it's deal for with children it? and okay. Uh, Robert Hansen. Okay. Mm. He, yes, he was the worst serial killer in Alaskan history. Well, he killed two girls, and they didn't find these two girls, and they're young. Mm. And it's out by his cabin, and I'm working with the Federation for uh, Missing and Exploited Children. Mm-hmm. They've come out to my house three times to, uh, to get information and stuff like that. On everything you're doing, yeah. So the, the the fact that you got connected with all of these people, yes, and, and now you now you're using this information to you know there's still families out there that are hurting because of the victims of these people, and, and having the ability to help you know hopefully find them have peace that that's got to be the reward for all of this. And it is, John. And I I can't imagine I don't have any children, mm-hmm. um, but if I if I had a child 
or not even a child, somebody in my family sure. who went missing and whew, they vanished and there's no answers. I couldn't imagine living without an answer. Yeah. So I might be able to give these people answers. And there's one serial killer who's given me like seven cold cases that we're working with or working on right now. So right what, what's their motivation? So a uh, part of me wonders if it's for their own closure, their own senses of guilt, their own, um, you know, whether they believe what's happening in the next life, you know what I mean? To kind of cleanse their own consciousness, their conscience, or is it something about just your relationship with them where they feel comfortable in, in, in like all criminals, every criminal talks about what oh, they do yeah. eventually. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's a part of absolution or do you think it's more about- Is it bragging or absolution? Bragging or absolution is a good way to put it. That was an awesome question. And they're different. Some of them want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm and do what I just said for the families. And some of them, they don't give a shit. Just total sociopaths. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those people don't mean shit to them. But I think with my friendship over the years, and I think I've, I've been able to work it out of them yeah wear them down a little bit yeah is that your intent or is it just a byproduct of the conversation of friendship like john tells me sometimes where he's buried a few yeah prostitutes but i'm not no. I'm his attorney i can't but, anybody. no 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 but the point the, the, no the point is <laughs> get that. listen listen but but we've worked on the statute and the, they had androids defense is viable we've talked about that they use android phones it's completely no, viable you, defense you can, you can hate but i i uh i told i told i told colt i told colt you know, mm -hmm. having an Android is a lot like dying. You know, the people around you are sad, but you're oblivious yeah, to it. Totally <laughs> it is. I didn't mean to take away from your, but, you, but your thing is, it's just sort of like a byproduct of the friendship. Yeah. Like, are you genuinely developing these relationships with people? It, I don't, like, even if you're a true psychopath, mm -hmm. I mean, I, like I said, friends. I can't understand. I carry guilt with me. I almost <laughs> hit a rabbit on the car. I'm like, oh shit. You're like, I don't want to kill anything. It's just to me, death is finality. And I just, it's, it creeps me out. It has since I was a kid. Touch a mummy though. I touch him up, but I was an EMT when I was younger. Okay, and so death to me is not an area I want to be around because it 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 darkens my pool, nice. like you were saying with your dad. Mm -hmm. Seems like to you, it's been an area where you've been able to thrive and lighten up other people's pools. Yeah, and I want to um, interrupt you really quick. Uh, I was uh, done. Uh, it's all you. Okay, feel, feel free. Feel free. <laughs> and I like I like that question, especially at the end. Um, it does get to me. Especially when I deal with assholes that kill children sure. and rape children. Now, now that's a whole nother level of, of evil to me. And, and when it gets to that level, I back away. Mm -hmm. And I'm very spiritual, obviously. I met Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, I pray a lot. And I also... I look at pictures, you guys, so wait, of so the wait, victims before so, they're dead. So, so wait a second. Is, okay. is is there a point with this where you, you, it, it's it's really you stay focused with these people and it's all about helping the, the families of the victims? And if it but if it gets too dirty, the water water gets too muddy. You got to get out. That's exactly fair to say. Okay. That's yes. So, has so there been these, a couple of people that you are like, I'm done talking to? Oh, like, yes, you're too much. Yeah. Uh, yes, especially, I'll just be really quick, guys, especially the people that um, that won't admit 
to killing, killing. even though it's, it's in black and white. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Like Randy Kraft one say he's killed like sixty seven people, and I was. Uh, friends right. you know yeah. whatever you call it yeah. with the with him for quite some time mm-hmm. but then you know after a while i was like no oh, this is dry yeah. i can't there's nothing there's no when you stare point. into the face of like evil it's blank yes a lot of times you, you know because if there's fire and anger at least there's emotion but these guys yeah just numb and randy craft he was a homosexual and he killed gays mm. um just like uh, jeffrey dahmer Mm. He was before me though How many of these people are you talking to right now? Right now, I don't have time To Because I used to write like all night Like Mm. tons of letters And I I write, I take my time I write like six, seven, eight page letters To these people Mm. Um, Because you gotta kind of be all in with them If they're gonna be all in with you Exactly And and I'm sorry No, that's a that's an interesting point. It's a lot out of you, but so you you are approaching these as genuine, almost friendships, and it's not Uh a, it's not one of those things. How could you be friends with somebody who kills people? It's like well, because um, humans are complex. Life is complex. Yes, it is. You can see past their traumas. So is your intent to develop genuine friendships with these people, and then it leads to other things, or are you kind of now at a point where you realize your gift and you're going at an angle, and you're going kind of at an angle? You know, is there? Both can be true too, I suppose. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry, John. I didn't answer your question. Yeah. I'm talking to about ten mm-hmm. now. I'm talking to one woman in California on death row. She murdered her five children. Jeez. Yeah, Susan Eubanks is her name. She's a real fucking piece of shit. If I could say that. Yeah, oh, you can. Yeah, feel all, free. All at once. Feel free. Oh, she did it all at once. All at once. Uh, she mass yeah. murder. She went in the house. Her house. And just started shooting him in the back of the head. And I'm talking to Pam Smart. She's a, I've been oh. talking to her for 15 years. Really? She's very infamous. And, and I do say I have a genuine friendship with her. Mm. I like her. Mm. Those other guys, fuck them. I mean, it's, it's, it's too hard to, to you know. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Well, what, dude. what intrigues you about her? What intrigues me about her? The fact that she has made a difference. She went to prison. She's gotten like two or three diplomas, you know, and she has a life sentence, but she's dealing with the, uh, the governor who I might talk to on her behalf. Um, just, I, cause the, the three other boys, the guys that actually did the crime, they killed her husband. Mm -hmm. They're all out of prison. Even the guy that pulled the trigger. She's the only one left in prison. And she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just, she does a lot in prison, working with other inmates and stuff. And path to forgiveness. So, right? so, so when did the, when did the book come up? Well, you mentioned earlier. Let's get back to the book. So if you want to if you want to read the book and you want to hear all about this, uh, what's the book called, Don? The book is called The Serial Killer Whisperer, Whisperer right? By uh, Pete Early. Okay. They buy it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. I imagine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And so he. So how did he hear about this? What was that process like? He approached you. What happened there? To to get a hold of uh, Peter early. Yeah. So how the how the book come to come to pass? Uh, there there was a doctor that I knew, mm-hmm. and um, you know what, my brain injury. I do have certain problems mm-hmm. yeah. like dates. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, like it that. does date. So he, he called you and you guys just started doing interviews and started working through oh, it. Yeah. 
he they, wrote the book for two years for two years and then it took two years to publish the book mm -hmm. and when it came out it became a bestseller right away mm -hmm. and i was on a show called the doctors mm -hmm. i remember that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course yeah uh-huh and and that was great they were all really cool mm -hmm. um and i've done like a dozen radio shows mm -hmm. and it became really big but this is the best podcast you've ever been on besides your own right I mean, hands down. I mean, John, <laughs> of course. Why well, ask? Obviously, hands down. Hey, there we go. Hey, John, yeah, is, is water wet? Like, yeah, I got, yeah. I, got, I got it. There we go. And I love the fact you go. said that you can't date a sociopath <laughs> no, either. Yeah, That's no. hysterical. You can't. You yeah. can't. Believe me, I think in our younger days we've all tried. We've all tried. Well, although, yeah. although, although, you know what? Not to make it weird, but Colt's wife is trying to kill him on a regular basis. Oh <laughs> we, might need, we might need to have John, a huge band. difference. Yeah. <laughs> huge difference between serial killers and justifiable homicides. Yeah, yeah. That is, I was going that to is say, a good yeah. point. Justifiable yeah. homicides. Okay, I get it. Was I there? Get it. I get it. Anything? I get a probation. <laughs> Were there anything that like really shocked you? I mean, for that guy to sit there and say, "Cut out the girls' vaginas I, and I, ate I them." Mean, that's got to be top, top like. That three, was tough. Yeah, oh yeah, that's got to be. Yeah, very tough. Very yeah. tough. And Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, I know. Huh? This is the same the guy. coffee of choice for, uh, for that. Hey, huh? you guys, this is the same guy, though. Oh, Jesus. That would call my house okay. and talk okay. to my mom. Too much. Too much, Coddle. Too much. Too much. Okay. She Bad Coddle. You would Bad call Coddle. your mom and talk Jesus. to your mom? Oh, yeah. These guys call really? my house and they talk to my mom and they oh, give her my. recipes and stuff. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, really? Not yeah. vagina yeah. recipes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I don't oh, say it, John. Duncan, yeah. I held oh, back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so now, so so talk about the podcast. Let's talk about that. Obviously, we want to give we you a little bit of We might get sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. We could. We could. Story. We could. It was a, it was a, it was a good plug. <laughs> Tell me about the podcast. The podcast, we've done season one. It's mm -hmm. 16 episodes. Mm -hmm. They're an hour long. Um, the podcast is called Murder Phone. Murder Phone. And you can get it wherever they do podcasts. Yeah, wherever it is. So search around for this. Wherever you're listening to this, take a listen for Murder Phone. And, and we're, can... we're about to drop season two. Okay, that's awesome. Right. It's you a know, lot different than Dream Phone, which is... Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, <laughs> here goes Connell. Yeah. Connell's taking off the rails today. John, can he I is. say something really quick? Yo, whatever you want. I just want to say, what makes this podcast so special mm -hmm. is all three of you guys, you all have like way different personalities yeah. so it really goes well yeah i appreciate no, it no, I, I, pre uh -huh. I, I appreciate hopefully it. none of the well, personalities line up with who you've been talking to but well, I think, it's I think, like you kind of remind well, me of just so you know what started kind of the whole podcast was i don't remember who it was but somebody was just we we're all three in a room joking at one point and somebody's like man i'd love to go get a drink with you guys and effectively this is going to get a drink with us. There's just yep. no drinks. Yep, Sometimes there is, but not today. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. This is going to get a drink with us for the most <laughs> yeah. part. Just like my podcast, my dad is the co-host, yep. and go. he says, welcome to our table. So it's kind of yeah, like- The same thing. Exactly. What is it? Do you do like a serial killer per pod? Uh, no, we do like a serial killer or another serial killer and, and we go the whole season on him because mm. i have that oh, much he's got, stuff. Yeah, he's got hundreds it's like of a serial I've, yeah, I've listened program. to it it's really mm. good well, thank you. your, your thank dad's you. really good at it you guys have such a good connection it's a great podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely so, so definitely it. check that out but again man this is one of those things you know whenever we do a podcast here we like to do a couple things which is motivate you to either give you tips give you direction in business or you know tell a story where it's like what is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? You know, I, right. I could be doing more. What it is, you know, that's, this is a guy that was in a coma for 36 days, had to relearn literally how to do everything in his power. Um, and now has turned a, a, a limiting, 
a limiting thing in his life into a force for good to help others. And, it, and it's a it's a wild story, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's out there. It's wild. <laughs> but that's what makes it good. And uh, yeah, so check thank out you. Tony's podcast, Murder Phone. Tony, thank you for joining us today, brother. Yeah, thanks, yeah, God, I love you guys. Thank you. You, you guys are great. I appreciate awesome, having awesome, you on. Tony. Give that a listen. And we're gonna wrap it up as we always do, guys. If you like what we, if you didn't like what we did today, tell two people or if tell somebody. Wait, what, what am I doing? See, Tony's got. I'm, this has been so wild today. John, needs, John needs some more caffeine. I yeah, do, yeah. I do. If, if, if what I meant Dunkin to say, Dunkin Donuts, Dunkin Donuts. <laughs> what I meant to say was, if you like what we're doing, tell a friend. If you hate what we're doing, tell two. Because it doesn't matter if they're talking good as bad, as long as what? As long as they're talking about. As long you. as they're talking about you. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.